Welcome to the Playbook for Financial Entrepreneurs. My name is Rich Spence, and I'm the president of Mortgage Center Canada. In my day job, I have an opportunity to sit down with the creators, leaders, and top performers in the Canadian financial industry. And we thought it'd be great to start to record those conversations to help every entrepreneur in the finance industry to get better. See, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. My great-grandfather, my grandfather, my grandmother, my mother, myself, my wife, and now my daughter playing the game of entrepreneurship every day. Actually, my grade six career project was the art of entrepreneurship. I love the game. I enjoy to study the craft and I enjoy playing in it every single day. This podcast is a journey for you and I to go through together to study and explore the art of entrepreneurship in the arena of finance. I'm glad you joined me. Now let's get started. Welcome to the Playbook for Financial Entrepreneurs. My name is Rick Spence, the president of Mortgage Center Canada, and I had the opportunity to sit down with one of MCC's and Premier Mortgage's top agents, Ann Pope, and uh, who approached me on a new proposed government program for the tax-free savings accounts for first-time buyers. And she approached me and she wanted to, one, educate brokers all about it, but two, also wanted to highlight that by September 30th of 2022, anybody has the opportunity to send in their suggestions on the structure of this program to help first-time buyers buy their first home and save money through a tax-free savings account. So Anne breaks down the program, also makes her suggestions. She actually makes eight or nine suggestions on how this program can be better structured uh, and calls upon you to email the government your ideas around this program. Us as mortgage professionals, we have a real opportunity to influence a program that will help first-time buyers. So let's get involved. Have a listen, learn about the program, and other than that, I hope you guys have a great day and thanks for listening. So, okay, so tell us about, I know we're going to talk about this, but let's just start at the basics, okay, about what this program is. And uh, let's just start there. All right. So basically, in the federal budget, they have come out with the opportunity for people to save towards the down payment on a home on a tax-free basis, which doing what we do, we've got to be happy that they're trying to address how difficult it is to get into the market. They have consultation open until September 30th for anyone to provide feedback. So I would consider us stakeholders, lenders, stakeholders as well, but even the average Joe can provide feedback if they want to. Anybody. The, the, Anybody. Okay. How is and the I, feedback given? How, how do they want the form of the feedback? They have an email address. It's consultation-legislation at fin.gc.ca. So we can email it in. I also think it wouldn't be bad to CC your um, member of parliament, and hopefully they would amplify it as well if they like what they see. Okay. So what is the current proposed wording or the structure of the tax-free savings account? Well, some of the things, again, it's they're intending it for first-time buyers, but like the RSP program, 
There are some loopholes where you don't actually have to be a first-time home buyer. You just can't have lived in the home for a period of four years. So again, in fact, you could actually own a rental and use this program to buy your primary residence. Mm -hmm. Personally, I think if we're trying to help first-time buyers, that's not helpful. So the people with the rental already have equity. Potentially, they lied and said they're going to own or occupy it so they could get into hot water, whatever. Again, I'm not going to go there, but I really think that they should keep it for first-time buyers with some exceptions. And the exceptions I would like to see are for people who are suffering a breakdown of a relationship. Mm -hmm. As it stands right now, you would have to wait four years to buy if there was a matrimonial home involved, whether you're on title or not. So again, I don't think to keep a family out of housing, if they had the opportunity to buy, how is that fair? Okay. So the currently right now it is, yeah, just circle back again. The current structure of this is, is how does somebody take advantage of this particular tax-free savings account? So starting in 2023, you're allowed to open an account. You have to be a Canadian resident. So it didn't indicate whether or not you could be on a work permit. I assume you can because it just talked about residency status. You have to be over the age of 18. And each year you're allowed to invest up to $8,000. And it's based on a calendar year, not the way RSPs are, where the first 60 days of the following year count. So it is January 1 to December 31. Like the RSP program, any unused contribution limits will flow forward so that you do have the ability to use them in future years. If, say, you did have a windfall, but your income's low, you can make that $8,000 contribution, but claim it in a future year against potentially a higher income year. Yeah, that was my question. I was going to just pause there for a second. That $8,000 a year, is it function like an RSP or a TFSA? Do you get the deduction on your taxes of $8,000? Of $8,000. But again, you can defer it to a higher income year if that makes financial sense. Okay, so it's more structured like an RSP than a TFSA. Yes. But all gains within the tax-free or tax-free. Now, the other thing, I've read through the proposed legislation over and over and over. For the life of me, I can't figure out if you're limited to a $40,000 withdrawal or 40,000 plus whatever your gains are. Yeah. From what I've read to me, it looks like 40,000. Total. Yeah. So, and then anything- It's not what I've read. So again, one of my points is, can you clarify? Because again, I've read it and I'm in this business, but- to me, it seems clear as mud. So it, it actually functions like a hybrid of both then, right? So you get the tax deductions of the eight grand, you get the gains within it. And when you pull it out, you're not taxed at it at all. As Correct. Long as yeah, the benefit to it as well is that you don't have to repay it. So right now, if you withdraw your RSPs, you have that 15-year repayment period or you're taxed on it. Okay. With this, you don't have to repay. Now, another one of the things in their proposal is that you can use the RSP program or you can use this program. You can't use both. Mm-hmm. So again, in a higher price market like Toronto, you, 40, you want to be able to use both. Both. Yeah. Okay. It's it's so hard to come up with the 20% down. I mean, quote unquote, the average home 
if we're talking about freehold, is still well over a million. And unless they're going to up the threshold for mortgage insurance, it's really tough to come up with it. One of the things that they have built into the design, which I do like, is that you can transfer from your RSP to the home buyer account. Mm-hmm. And that way, if it turns out that they won't allow us to use both, if we're working with a client over a long period of time, we could have them transfer 8000 per year from the RSPs into the home buyer saving account. Mm-hmm. So at least then they can access 40 instead of 35 and they don't have the pressure to repay it. Okay. But again, ideally, I would like to see the ability for people to access both. Okay. So what part of this would you change with the access to both? What other, what other areas of this particular program are you personally going to email, say, hey, here's some suggestions? I have done a Word document and I've highlighted some things. Again, I wouldn't mind it if you went through it and and tweaked stuff as well. But one of the things too, like they talk about the types of properties you can buy. So it's open to houses, condos. And for the first time they've said co-ops, they don't mention co-ownerships. And when I'm talking co-ownership, I don't necessarily mean just two people buying together. I'm talking about buying into a co-ownership building. And they've ruled that out. So again, I would like to see that be an option because co-ops and co-ownerships both, they're not eligible for CMHC insurance. They're typically less expensive than a condo because they are more difficult to finance. But if you could access both the RSPs and the first home savings account, I think it would open more doors to ownership for more people. Okay. Okay. So I have three of your suggestions here. We have clarify the $40,000 limit. Is it $40,000 total or $40,000 of what you've invested plus the gains? Can we pull it all out? The second is allow for co-ownership situations. Uh, And the third being access to both programs, not the either or. So the RSP program and this tax receiving. What else you got? Well, again, I would like to see it limited to true first-time buyers. So again, if you currently own a rental property or a cottage, sorry, you're out. But how, I'm going to challenge you on that one. How, how does that hurt, though? How does that hurt the uh, anyone? If, Those if, people are already benefiting from the rise in equity. If they want to access their equity, they can do a refinance and get money. A first-time buyer doesn't have that opportunity. All right. And again, I would like to see there be an exception for somebody in a marital breakdown situation where they don't have to wait a four-year period. Yeah. In that situation, it would be the transfer from the RSP into the tax-free and use it, right? Because yeah. they haven't, they wouldn't, it's not like they anticipated the divorce, right? And No, were- but again, too, let's say that we are limited to a $40,000 withdrawal in total. If you invested and you didn't use the full amount, again, potentially you do have some money in there that you could use. Mm -hmm. And if there is a home involved as well, you're going to get a share of that home. Mm -hmm. Alternatively, you could get married and be marrying somebody who already owns a home. So you're Mm -hmm. not on title, but it is a matrimonial home. So you may have your savings account that you built up pre-marriage. So I I do think there should be some exceptions on that basis. Okay. Can this be like, you know, like spousal RSPs where one's contributing to somebody else's? um, So they are, they do allow that. They allow that. But if 
I'm giving, if we were married and I'm giving you the money, you're the one who gets the tax deduction, not me. So if your income is zero, yeah, you're not getting a tax deduction. I'm just giving you the money, basically gifted, whatever you put it in yours, but I don't get the benefit of that tax deduction as a RSP. So and again, I don't really have a problem with that. What about parents? What about parents? Well, what, is so, there a structure for? Because I'm thinking, hey, I'll, I'll give my kids this if I get the eight thousand dollars. So, so income, right? Because you can transfer from an RSP into this yeah. account. Yeah. Again, what if a parent did buy RESPs for their kid? The kid decides, I'm not going to school. Yeah. Why can't a transfer from an RESP go into this? Okay. And again, like I think that if they got the Canadian Education Savings Grant or the Canada Learning Bond, fun, that money goes back to the yeah, government. Take that right off. The, gains on, the gains right. on your investment it could transfer over. Um, right. Need be. Yeah. They also have, in the case of a marital breakdown, if there is an existing first home savings account, it can be transferred between spouses. Now, if the spouse didn't have enough available room, then they allow it to go into an RSP. Again, if they didn't have available room in the RSP, then you're taxed on it. So why wouldn't you allow it to go into an RESP for your children or into a TFSA? Mm -hmm. continue to grow on a tax-free basis. I know the government wants their taxes, but in the cases of marital breakdowns, you lose a lot more than what you gain typically. So why don't we give these people a break? Okay. So you're you're advocating for the transfer between RSPs to this, RESPs to this savings account. What about just a pure gift from a parent to a child, but the tax deduction of the 8,000 against the parent's income per year. I love it. So the only problem per se is you've got to be at least 18 to open the account. Okay. So again, do we get rid of the age 18 and allow people a longer period for their money to grow tax-free? Well, I was thinking the other way. I'm thinking from the parent's perspective, right? If we're if parents are gifting to their child some down payment information, down payment. Right. right? No, I, I get gift- that. Yeah. But again, like, let's say you've got a kid who's 15. Why couldn't the parents start mm-hmm. contributing to that account mm-hmm. and getting the tax break right off the bat? Yeah. By so, the time the kid's done school, they've got their 40 grand. They can get into home ownership. Yeah. No, that's great. Again, maybe that's helping people with money, but it is getting more and more difficult and yeah, I, I think those that can help that want to help their children, they they do, right? And having taking advantage of programs like this to do that. Like it, that's gonna happen, right? Like yeah. it is gonna happen that parents are gonna want to help help their children. So why not leverage this particular program to do that, right? Yeah. They also have if you were to die, again, the money can go to your spouse, mm-hmm. but there's no allowance for it to go to your children or grandchildren for that matter, depending how old you are. Like I have some clients who are first time buyers who are well into their seventies. They may never buy again. If they had this account, why couldn't it then filter through to their, their adult children? Mm, Interesting. I don't know if the tax man will like that one. And that that one's uh, 
again, it's it's open to consultation. I know that I'm taking tax money away from the government, <laughs> but it is about helping people. So if we really yeah. want, yeah, we can only suggest, and it's up to them to say no way. But again, for it to only be able to go into the home savings account for the spouse or into an RSP, like again, if your spouse dies unexpectedly, if you're a single parent who is doing okay, again, okay, you're not necessarily rich, why couldn't it go into an RESP for your children? Yeah. Yeah. This, and I'll just pause there because you made a good point about, about us as a community, the brokerage and finance community, taking this opportunity, you and I, we were talking the other day about, you know, we all, we're always on the receiving end of policy and, and changes in the government. And here's a real opportunity for us to have our voice at a government. But it's been crickets. Yeah. Well, some of it's just awareness, right? And and so not knowing, one, the avenue to influence and and then to awareness that we can influence, right? So I've written down nine points that you've talked about on influencing this program that anybody listening here, that email address that you said earlier, you can send these suggestions and we can influence the policy, right? So, Or at least try. Yeah. Again, I, I think as Canadians, we like to complain a lot, but we don't necessarily try to make significant differences. And yeah. I just, I'm starting to feel like if you don't put forth the effort to try to affect change, then you have no right to be complaining. And I know that as this goes into force, as it is written, we're going to be complaining, saying, my God, they can't use their RSPs because they're using this. Mm-hmm. Like that is pretty nuts. Yeah. But some but some of this too is the policymakers, and I've learned this over the years too, being part of Mortgage Professionals Canada, is those people sometimes setting the policies are not actually really at the ground. In the level. trenches. Yeah, like you are and brokers listening, right? So, I mean, they're trying to do a good thing, but they just don't, you know, get it on an execution level daily, right? So. I mean, they probably welcome more of our feedback on how and to write these the thing, The squeaky wheel gets the grease yeah. or oil, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. So again, I think we have to start squeaking a little bit louder. And even if they only take one of our suggestions, yeah. I would see it as a win. Okay. Because at least we've made an effort and they've hurt us a little bit. Okay. So if anybody listening right now wants more information about this, where, where could they go and look? So the actual information is on a government website. I just Googled tax-free home savings account. Yeah. And again, I could um, email you. Yeah, email the link. We'll put it in the show notes so that people can link to it. It gives the full breakdown of how it is proposed. And again, we do have the ability to make our voices heard or at least feel like we've done something. I personally feel like it's a really big mistake to not allow both programs to be used, the RSP program as well as this program. Mm -hmm. I mean, it may not be as important in smaller centers, but in Toronto, I can't tell you how many people I encounter with really solid incomes. And because they only have the ability to access 35,000 in RSPs or 70 if they're a couple without a huge tax hit, they're stuck at that 999999 and if you've got two kids we don't make condos in this 
city that are appropriate for that. And if if they do exist, they're priced well over a million. Yeah. So again, you either have to take the tax hit. I find too many people don't get the right advice. They do max out RSPs year over year. And of course, you want to for the tax break, but then they don't do TFSAs. Yeah. So again, this would give you the tax break on both, which probably, again, the government's not going to be happy about, but it would help people in larger centers, or even if you're in a smaller center, coming up with 20% down so that you can get a 30-year amortization. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough when daycare costs 2000 a month for a kid. You need that 30 year to bring your expenses down once your child's in school and you don't have to cover that cost anymore. At that point, you can up your payment. I remember that day. It was, uh, I felt like I hit the jackpot one day. <laughs> <laughs> when my second child was finally full time in school, I was like, oh my God, it's, uh, I can breathe. But you know what? I, I know you, I mean, your market, you're focused in on, on in the Toronto market. I think this is helpful, like cross Canada, right? Like their first time buyers really struggle to put together on the money and the ability for parents to help or over time, yeah. you know, like put it into one tax free shelter, like an RSP or an RESP and being able to have the ability to transfer between the three based yes. on what you're going to do is, is, is good. Right. I think that's, yeah. Um, well, gives people flexibility. And I think that's what we need. The The environment is changing so quickly. We need flexibility. And this yeah. just isn't quite there. Well, and thank you for this. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we uh, you brought this uh, to our <laughs> attention. So what we're going to do is we're going to get this out there. So if you're listening, take a look at the show notes, research it a little bit more, and made some really good suggestions. Uh, we had some good dialogue. I learned a lot. Thank you very much for this. So uh, we'll get this out there. And what was the email address again? You want, Do you have it handy? or The actual email address that we would send our revisions to is consultation-legislation at fin, as in finance, dot mm -hmm. gc dot ca. And again, wow. I think we should all be CCing our members of parliament as well to hopefully get them outside. Awesome. Thanks, Anne. I really appreciate it. No problem. 